and welcome to El Merengue Culer, the podcast that discuss all things relating to FC Barcelona and Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Gerardo Castro, and alongside me is my co-host and good friend and good buddy, Brian Martinez. All of those. In, In today's episode, we will discuss the recent preseason El Clásico, as well as the busy weekend that FC Barcelona has had with the departure of Usman Dembélé, mm. which we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we get into all that juicy, fun episode that we got for you guys today, um, as always, we're gonna do our we're gonna jump right into our beer review um, today. It's technically not a beer. It's a hard seltzer. You had one job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, no. Today. Uh, well, he told me he went out for a run or he wanted to go out for a run. So I'm like, he's in his skinny season. So I'm like. Skinny can era. That's what they say. <laughs> but do you know what they say about White Claws? There's no laws when you're drinking claws. I think that that's from uh, a comedian, Trevor Wallace. But I think he got sued by actually White Claw for not selling that merch. Anyways. Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but I didn't. Today, Jerry for us brought this white claw. Obviously, you guys know it. It's, but this one's, I guess, a surf edition. It's a, I have watermelon lime smash. I have watermelon lime oh, smash as well. Okay. So we're both going to be trying this. I feel like it was only right if we both try the same flavor. Correct. Good body. So we'll be giving it a try for the first time. And let you guys know how we feel. All right. 5% alcohol, only 100 calories. Mm, this is scary because it doesn't taste like alcohol at all. Yeah, it doesn't. It tastes like juice. Yeah, it literally tastes like a watermelon lime soda. It, it, it tastes like, yeah, like something like you would get off the grocery store that was had a refreshing yeah. watermelon sparkling drink or something. Yeah. has no taste of alcohol nothing like no aftertaste it's just a a gassy juice that's what seltzer only one gram of sugar actually i'll be honest with you i do get both the hints of watermelon and and lime lime. yeah which i think is pretty cool because a lot of seltzers i've tried before they don't even taste they don't even taste like none of the things they market i i heard one time this comedian say that uh, when you're drinking, when you're drinking seltzers like uh, like white claws or chilies or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like you're just drinking um, static, and then somebody far away is whispering the fruit. <laughs> that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> like, that's so that's spot on. Yeah. Um, so, but this one is not that. This one actually, you literally taste. I taste watermelon first, and then like the lime. Yeah, end. I agree. That's cool, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think there's something freaky cool going on with this drink. Yeah. And I, I do like the surf vibes. I think, like, it does take me to the beach. I, oh, I yeah. think we remember we were talking about it in our last beer review. Mm-hmm. It was uh, or two last or last two beer reviews, I think it was. We had a, a Sycamore Beach Flavor IPA. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was like, does it take you to the beach? And we were like, mm, I don't Not know really. if it's really there. But refreshing-wise, and I'm under the sun mm. by the water. Yeah. This could be a vibe for sure. Oh, 100%. And for all our gluten-free listeners, it is gluten-free. Um, shout out to Adrian. He's allergic to everything. I think he's allergic to gluten, too. Are you serious? Yeah, so oh he's weak. Um, but <laughs> it also has only one gram of carbs, 100 calories. So, hey, yeah. 
you're right. I appreciate it for yeah, helping me. It's a good healthy choice. I mean, be healthy today. We both really need to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Whatever that means, right? Well, I just had some so. KFC prior to the show. So yeah, and I regret it because my stomach is killing me now. But I know, dude. Speak. Hopefully the seltzer helps it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it's it's good. Um I would I'm gonna give it a Yes. Rate it. I don't wanna get I don't wanna give my ten out of ten yet. Well, okay, let's put it in the category of a seltzer. Well, okay. I think it's high for a seltzer. Mm-hmm. And I haven't like, you really know, high. And I usually prefer Trulies over White Claws. Yeah, but this one's really good. But this one is really good too. Yeah. I think I'm gonna give it for a white claw. I know this is probably reaching. Yeah. But I'm gonna say like an eight point five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if it's a nine. It could be pretty much a nine almost because it tastes really good. I'll do a I'll do an eight point seven. And we have other flavors too in the fridge for the same type of uh seltzer. So depending, yeah. I guess, when you know, when we try those throughout the episode, maybe this was just a really good flavor and the other ones are a flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. But for sure, for sure, we recommend the White Claw Surf Watermelon. Would you agree smash. with the 8.5 too? I said 8.7. Oh, 8.7. Okay. Yeah. They were more specific. Just a little, <laughs> just a little <laughs> higher. No, because it's, it's weird. It's freaky weird. Like good. Freaky yeah, it's good. just freaky good. That's a good way to put it. So, so White Claw, yeah. if you ever come across this podcast, sponsor us with some Surf Hard Seltzers. We really like it. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I know we just saw each other on Saturday. Yeah. Right? We were tuned in to El Clasico, and then afterwards we got to enjoy a little bit of a home match, mm-hmm. right, where we saw Charlotte FC and a Mexican team by the name of Nexcasa. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Necaxa. Necaxa. Uh-huh. We had a really good time. Right. What else did you do on the weekend? The weekend. Before we get started into the podcast. Yeah. Sunday. I was at my boy Tyler's pool. He made some uh, longaniza burgers, Oof. which was was weird, but it was good. Okay, I hadn't heard about that, but um, but yeah, what is it? What does it have? Like, what is it? It's just like you know, you know what longaniza is. It's, it's like I think it's that like Mexican. Oh, sausage. is that, that sausage? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess he just like broke it up, made it into like ground pat, like ground, almost like ground beef. Interesting. And just shaped it into patties. It was good. You liked it? I mean, yeah. It was different because it's like I was eating it in a patty form and I was like, this should be in a glizzy form, <laughs> you know? So no, my brain was sense. like, it was confused. Yeah. Yeah. My brain was a little tripped out, but yeah, yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. So, and I mean, it's just, it's Tuesday. So honestly, yeah, there's not much going it on. Like since I, just I saw you yesterday. Yeah. I know it feels like we just saw each other, but what about you, man? What you get into? Oh, honestly, Sunday, I think I just kind of, uh, chilled a lot uh, i did a lot of yard work okay. i was pressure washing pressure washing the back of our house mm. so that was something that i really wanted to do and, and now it's all pretty and, and and you know you know when like over the winter all that greenish brownish it's like, it's like, the moss. It's, it's like moss. moss yeah, yeah. So, you know, with the pressure washer and everything, now it's like completely the, the cement is pretty clear and nice and Ooh. it just looks so pretty. And I kind of moved some stuff around in, in the house and I cleaned the house and everything. So it, it really put our minds going into this week mm. on a positive. Like, you Damn. know, we had everything ready. We had everything in the house clean, everything. Yeah. So it was like going on on good, clean vibes into the week, you know. Yeah, you're so, in your big boy era, huh? Yeah, you know, I don't know if you guys – no, in the podcast, but uh, I'm gonna be a future dad, 
So for those who don't know, now you know. Breaking news. But you know, I mean, I was already doing these kind of things, but you know, it's it's even more. No, he wasn't. He just started as soon as he found out he was pregnant. That's My wife was doing all the cleaning, but <laughs> yeah, she yeah. said no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was gonna say you're on your dad era, but I don't know if you want to air it out yet. So, but hey, no, I am. I mean, I can't go out anywhere, but on Tuesdays to the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout out to Lily for letting you out the house on Tuesdays, at least. Shout out to you, babe. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, you know, we can sit here and chat about housework and Longanisa burgers. But how about we get into the juicy stuff? The nitty gritty, man. El Clasico. Oh, what a... The game of games. The game of games. The rivalry of rivalry. Yes, sir. Two fans of two opposing teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah buddies in this podcast right but anyways el clasico was like everyone's predicts every year exciting you just never know what you're gonna get out of el clasico right and i think that's the the true beauty about it uh barcelona had just lost to arsenal Mm -hmm. 5-3 right they had a stomach virus yeah right that put them out of one game Mm mm-hmm and now they're facing a Real Madrid side right. who looked like, for the most part, was clicking. They beat AC Milan. They beat Manchester United yeah, comfortably mm-hmm. and playing a whole new formation, a whole new 4-4-2, something that they haven't really played in a very long time. Yeah. All I can ever remember is that season back when, like, uh, Ishko was playing like that Bellingham role now, that attacking midfielder. And then I think it was just Benzema and and Ronaldo at the top, mm-hmm. something like that. So it's a formation that hasn't really been played in a while by Real Madrid. Yeah. Very different. Of course, we're trying new things. But there's a lot to talk about this game because, yeah. well, I want to get your opinion first on, on what happened. And I want just to tell me, you know, what your feelings are regarding the win without even getting into the facts and anything like oh, okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, on Saturday, I was a different person <laughs> and I've grown since then. <laughs> I might've gotten a little childish mid game or post game, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> no, I want to come here a little bit more cool headed and more mature. <laughs> I had a, I had a, I was like, I was, I was daydreaming about the podcast as soon as we, as soon as the final whistle, as soon as the 90 minutes were up. I knew today I was going to walk in and just let Jerry have it because he deserves it because he's a Madrid fan. But, no, I think I am just not going to get carried away from this result. Um, So, yeah, if you just want a quick short answer of how I feel about it, I'm happy. It will definitely um, ease some nerves from the Arsenal game, even though it was our first game, whatever. It was kind of like whatever, like first game jitters. Um, But we, I mean, truly looked like night and day from Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess to sum it up in one word, I would say just I'm, I'm, I'm relieved. You're relieved. Yeah. That's the feeling that you're coming out of. Yeah. This game. Yeah. Because like I said, I've, I've, uh, I've matured since Saturday. So, can you talk to a little bit about why you feel like you've matured? (laughs) (laughs) 
over. Because I feel like a lot of people are going to ask it. So what does Brian mean by it? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I might have just gotten a little carried away with were the you, celebrations. Were you being toxic, Brian? I was. I, I mean, think, I was there. <clears throat> yeah, I think I was. Uh, I was definitely. I was definitely. I was. Yeah. I was definitely excited. That's okay. what it was. I'll just say that. I was really excited. Uh, but I think I I, I think I, I, I kind of like chilled it out. I wasn't even that OD with you, I think. No, no. I think, I mean, well, just like any match, I think it, you were very excited to see your team win. Yeah. Especially like when you're playing your, your home rival. I know we're going to say this. It's just a preseason game. Both teams are experimenting, trying new things. And yeah. Uh, for the most part, right, there's not really much you can pull from this game other than the fact that some things work for, for either side, some things didn't. Um, but it's always great to see your your you know your rival team go down, especially, you know, in, in an environment for which they were playing here outside the state or outside their country. And 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 then also for like a quick like um I guess backstory where we were watching it, there was this one specific random Real Madrid fan that oh, yeah. was the only one being vocal <laughs> and literally looking to like talk smack with somebody. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so that like already put like a little pebble in my shoe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, as soon as like we score, I'm gonna make him shut up and like yell extra hard, you know? So I was doing my Barca chants and stuff here and there. So But to be fair, there were more Barca fans at that bar than there were. There were even I think there was only like two Real Madrid fans. It was me. So he was outnumbered. So why be vocal about it? You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of toxic fans always. No, for sure, for sure. But that's what I'm saying. That's I think that's the only reason it like edged me a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, it was just I, I really was just excited when we scored. Like that was it. I was just celebrating the goals, and then I celebrated the win. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, th- I thought the same thing. I think you were like you know just like anybody would be really excited once they score. Yeah. But I think we had a great night after that. Like I said, we went to watch the Charlotte FC game. Right. We saw Charlotte win, so that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think I went home and I wasn't really like too concerned or stressed because I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the match facts itself and, and what went down Yeah. to which kind of, you know, showcase a whole different game. And I'm pretty sure for those of you guys who actually saw the game as well, you could probably agree mm-hmm. with some of the stats that we're about to bring you. So maybe, Brian, you want to kind of run down some of those stats that, you know, were were brought to us yeah uh from that game uh, i put them here in our yeah 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 for sure little notes here <clears throat> yeah for sure so um just official stats of the, at the end of the game uh possession was favored to madrid with 53 percent to barcelona's 47 um total shots madrid had a whopping 29 to barcelona's 12 shots on target madrid only had five to barcelona seven Blocked shots, Real Madrid had 10 to Barca's 3. Corner kicks, Madrid 9, Barca 4. Free kicks, Madrid 15, Barca 10. Big chances, Real Madrid 15. Oh, six. Uh, sorry, 6. Uh, Barcelona 2. Woodwork, that's a fun one. They, yeah. had, they had a little... This one is interesting. Yeah, they yeah. had a little crossbar challenge going <laughs> on. Uh, 5 for Madrid, 1 for Barca, and... A total of 498 passes for Real Madrid and 458 for Barcelona. And 
the the story with Barca's win it's very interesting because you know Barcelona won 3-0 yeah right we had the first goal come in in the 15th minute by Usman Dembélé mm-hmm. on a trick play that was assisted by Pedri beautiful trick play the ambidextrous self of Dembélé score a goal that I was really not expecting I thought you know, he was going to pass it or... Yeah, I thought he was going to swing it back in, yeah. Yeah, swing it back in, but, you know, he, he ended up taking the shot and, and scored. Mm-hmm. Right, and then the last two goals came in basically on the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. A beautiful solo goal banger from outside the box in the 85th minute by the debut on the first team, Fermin Lopez. It actually wasn't his debut. It wasn't his debut. Okay. No, he debuted with Arsenal. In the second half. Oh, well, he was non-existent there because I didn't see. Yeah, him. no, no. Well, it was the Arsenal game was weird, anyways. But but yeah, I mean his, it wasn't his debut, but yeah, it's his second official game with the senior team. Well, that's pretty impressive for your second mm-hmm. debut. And then of course we saw the last third goal, beautiful sombrero by Ferran Torres over Thibaut Courtois, assisted by Fermin Lopez as well. Assisted by Fermin Lopez mm-hmm. in the 90th minute. So the scoreboard said three zero. But the stats say something completely different. And yeah. that's why it's so important that, you know, we discuss what exactly went down because a lot of people, you know, when I read the some of the news articles and some of the tweets that were happening, you know, they were obviously, you know, electric to see Barcelona win. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't necessarily that the scoreboard said that Barca had a dominating game. Yeah. You know, for the most part. You know, if anything, I think Barcelona came off the first 15 minutes red hot. Mm-hmm. They were the best team. And then after that, it was completely dominated by by Real Madrid going into the second half. I'm sorry, into the the end of the first half. And then the second half was kind of a mixture of both with, you know, both teams looking really sluggish out there and not really having much going on until the, like, the last five minutes where Barca kind of took over. Mm-hmm. But as you guys can see, the stats itself don't lie. Real Madrid had a more possessive game yeah. than Barcelona, which is really rare to see. Mm-hmm. But that just goes to show you that, of course, both teams are really stacked in their midfield, mm-hmm. which I think for the most part caused a lot of a lot of congestion there, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. since Madrid is obviously not used to playing a four-man midfield, Barcelona has toyed around and played with a four-man midfield before. Mm. More of a four-through-three, but they'll bring in a midfield, uh, I'm sorry, a midfield player into that left wing, but then kind of, you know, bring him back in to play kind of that attacking uh, midfielder role, Yeah, which was Pedri in that case. Right. Um, and I think that Real Madrid really showcased a lot of really positive things. Barcelona as well had a really positive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the best games by the new signing, Romeo. Mm-hmm. He played a fantastic double pivot with Frankie de Jong. I think Frankie de Jong has a really good game as well. And I think it really, this that game, that formation really showcased what the potential that Frankie can do and bring to Barcelona when you play that kind of double pivot role, but allow him to be more freely mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, we look at the total shots, right? Moving on from that fifth midfield in that possession. Yeah. Real Madrid had 29 shots, almost, no, actually double the amount of shots more that Barcelona had, uh-huh. more than double. And this just goes back again to what we talked about originally, right? In that argument about who had the best team. Mm-hmm. And as good as Real Madrid made chances, as good as Real Madrid hit the woodwork, the post five times, mm-hmm. if you don't have a true striker and you're playing Vinicius on that interior center forward role, yeah. you lose him. Yeah, You completely lose him. Unfortunately, as good as Vinny is, 
that's not his role. And you can and you saw that exactly towards the end where Vinny moved towards the towards the left side, and then you had Joselu more in that center forward role to take that space, where that's when Real Madrid became the most dangerous, right? And that in that second half, second portion of the game. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, even though it is a tough loss, 3-0, you hate to lose to your your rival. I think we saw a lot of really positive things, at least from the Real Madrid side, really, things that made me really excited about our future. There's obviously things that we need to touch up with how we we move players and how we utilize them. I felt like Fede Valverde was kind of lost in that midfield to a certain degree. Usually <clears> I think <throat> Fede Valverde is a very good box-to-box player. You can run him down the wing, you know, back and forth. But when you kind of play him in that weird CM role right behind Jude Bellingham, in between Schwamani, you kind of lose the player. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, you don't get to see the best side of him, which is to to bring that ball forward and be that box-to-box player that Madrid or at least that we Madrid fans like to see. Mm-hmm. I think the best player for me, uh, before I let you talk about Barcelona specifically, mm-hmm. was Chouamini. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be Chouamini's breakout season. And we will have an episode once the preseason game finishes about what our predictions are for the future, mm-hmm. uh, or at least for this season and what it will look like for certain players who will be that surprising player, who will be that, you know, Ballon d'Or, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But Chouamini... I believe this will be his breakout season, kind of like how Mavinga had his breakout season in the second season. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a vital player for that pivot role, and he's doing a phenomenal job with it. Uh, in terms of disappointing player for me, I would say it was Valverde. I didn't really see a lot of him, and Alava as well. Alava looks very sloppy, very slow. I don't know if it's just maybe preseason form or whatever it is, but unfortunately, I don't know if potentially we're looking at, you know, some of Alaba's last years with Real Madrid, if that doesn't really change. Of course, Mendy, and you guys will hear about Mendy in, in the future episodes, well, what do I think about the player, but which was horrible performance. But overall, I think Alaba, and I, I remember I was telling you about it. I was like, mm-hmm. Alaba looks so weirdly out of place. He wasn't where he needed to be. He wasn't marking the man that he needed to be. Yeah. It was like he was ball watching. Mm-hmm. And and we saw that in, I believe was, uh, I think it was a, a play that Barcelona made with Dembele where he almost scored again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was, I was telling him, I was like, what is Alaba doing? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just seems so out of position. He seems so awkward at times. And I think that hope is preseason form. But even last year, I still felt like Alaba was a lot, was very iffy. That first season for us, phenomenal player but definitely this season was you know he leaves a lot to to desire mm-hmm. and he left last season as well a lot to desire and in my personal opinion I feel like Rudiger does a better job I just don't think that Ancelotti has that trust in Rudiger but in my opinion I think he's a more defensive minded player and I will prefer him to see maybe a Militao Rudiger connection going into this season but I'll talk about that later I'm sorry. I've been talking a lot about Real Madrid. I just wanted to clarify, you know, that for those Madridistas out there, don't feel disappointed by this game, right? Mm -hmm. I think we played really well. I think the scoreboard kind of lies. But it was just a very unfortunate game for us where we weren't really hitting anything. Um, We were creating chances, but they were just not going in with five, you know, woodwork or five post hits. But anyways, uh, Brian, what was your impression about Barcelona and what you thought about the game? Yeah, I... um, I I'm not taking, like I said, I'm not taking too much in, like taking it too seriously. I think um, 
it, it, I think the, the whole reason why it was a big deal is just because it was a classical. Yeah. But it's it's a preseason game. Both teams are experimenting with formations, with uh, new signings, uh, new players plugged into different areas. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was a classic. Um, the The scoreboard doesn't tell the game. It was a very tight game. I think up to the to the I think Dembele scoring was like just what Barcelona needed to like stay locked into the game. And then, but then afterwards, like you said, it was pretty much Real Madrid's game. And then we got some luck on just defense and bad and bad finishing from Vinny. Um, good keeping from uh, Ter Stegen from that free kick shot from Alaba? Rodrigo. Rodrigo, yeah. And uh, yeah, other than that, I don't know. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm reading too much into it. I think it is what it is. Uh, my player of the game would be between Pedri and Frankie. Um, I think they did a lot of stuff <clears throat> that you had to watch the whole game for you to really understand that don't like make the stat sheets. Pedri ended up with one assist, but yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I think I'm not too I'm not putting too much weight on it. But what do you what do you say to all of the hate on like how so much like Madristas are like the like there was this tweet that was like Madristas were a bunch of Madrid fans were like retweeting it that was like the deadliest teams it's um Real Madrid in a Champions League final Barcelona in a preseason match. <laughs> And I thought that was crazy because uh, I feel like I feel like then we get into like <laughs> people just being sore losers and like I think had Madrid like killed us they would have been like oh what about Gundogan they were probably would have flamed up like us signing Romeu um, they probably would have flamed up that like uh, Dembele out because Dembele leave you know they're trash or whatever and then it was like we just so happened to be fortunate enough to get that three zero win. And it's like, oh, it's just a preseason. Oh, it's just a preseason. I favor a little bit more on that side where, like, don't celebrate it too much, but don't also, like, um, disregard it so much. Because it is going to be a little preview of what the season has to has to come. Mm -hmm. But, again, it doesn't hold too much weight. But it does, re, um, it does help me reiterate that. And, and stand on my thing that I do think Barcelona has a better team than Real Madrid just as like a, a team in total, just because like, again, we talked about, how, I mean, you talked about in your, in your little spiel right now about how you guys, Vinny's just not as strong in the middle. If you guys don't get Mbappe, you guys are in a, in, in some troubles with Jose Lu not really being him like that or fitting with to the, the real Real Madrid tactics that Ancelotti likes to play. Da, 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 which, you know, again, I don't want to bore you guys to talk for another five minutes, but the point is don't celebrate too much, but also disregard it so much because Ancelotti put in a strong 11 and so did Xavi. And that's probably going to be the 11 that we see in a Liga, Champions League, da, 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 as long as people stay healthy. So it's not the craziest win, but Vizca Barça. Yeah, I mean, you think... Um... You know, to kind of summarize this this topic, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, congratulations to you and your and your team win. I think, you know, what kind of seasons it uprises the fact that it's El Clasico. So yeah. you can't disregard the fact that it's El Clasico. It wasn't even 
necessarily so much a preseason match because at the end of the day, it's still a classic in both teams, I think, played really hard. Yeah. Um, but of course, it, since it doesn't count, I think that's why so many people kind of says, okay, well, you know, we're, they're, both teams are trying new things and, you know, getting adjusted. They're still getting back in form mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot. But do you think that Barcelona's win uh, is somewhat convincing to crown them favorites over Real Madrid this season? If, of course, Real Madrid doesn't address the the striker role if i if i if i answer that thing i i think i i contradict myself about saying that i don't want to put too much weight on it no but, i think it's just you know but i'm just saying but i would say that but i was saying that beforehand i just feel like you know which is we're gonna get into this in the second part about them leaving or whatever right. but so i don't it, it, that kind of is a form a part of my answer but i'll just say just real quickly Yes, I do think we are stronger. I think we have more to prove maybe than Madrid does, maybe some more motivation. And we have a makeshift of players that, you know, like Romeo, like I feel like there's just some heart. There's some heart in there, you know, and you tap in like some young people trying to prove themselves. Right. Yeah. But anyways, it was a great match. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And I think that there's more exciting classicos to come. Yeah, so many. Stay tuned. Let us know about your thoughts about El Clasico. Where'd you watch it? Who'd you watch it with? Did you talk crap? <laughs> Did they talk crap? But um, so stay tuned with us. you feel the same way that we do about the game? You yeah, know. yeah. Do you disagree with me? Does Jerry talk too much? Or I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Ah, oh, like just joking. Some, hey, hey, that was some shade thrown. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Stay tuned for we talk a lot, the second segment where we talk about Dembele. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and after a quick break, we are back. Um, update: We did pop a new flavor. Well, Jerry popped up a new flavor. Of the white claw, what's the what's the name of it? It's called Citrus Yuzu Smash, and it's still good. Yeah, it tastes good. I mean, I don't really know what yuzu is. I think it's an Asian fruit. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like I've heard it before. That's your heritage, right? You're Asian. Yeah, you know, you know, you got a little Asian in you. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. People say, "Are you like Filipino, mm-hmm. Cambodian, Thailand?" Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I'm far far away from there yeah well didn't salvador get a little bit of asian colonization uh, i don't know dude i mean i think like from what i know it's just primarily just indigenous slash uh but from where different well okay so <laughs> to circle back to the conversation <laughs> we were talking about um about last thing i remember is uh jerry was saying if i think that this this game solidifies my thought of Barcelona being the better team for the upcoming season. And there is a little deciding factor that's up in the air. That's, I mean, it's not really up in the air. Let's just get to the chase. Fabrizio has officially said that Dembele is inevitably going to PSG in the next coming days. So, I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I don't care about you, Dembele. <laughs> you can get the heck out of here. We don't want you anymore. You've been hurt more than you've been playing. We have, somebody did the math, 
and it was like we've been paying you a million dollars per game because of because of how little games he's played uh, his salary is like 70 million <laughs> yeah in, in the past you know five years or however much we've had him for and he's only played like 108 games he scored like 20 goals and like 20 assists in like four or five seasons it's not impressive bro you gave me this fake hope you give me this fake hope every season that you are gonna this is it this is the Dumbele that we've been looking for since he left Borussia Dortmund. And every single time, you either freaking lose a fingernail or you break your pinky toe and you're out for the rest of the season. You have knees like Lonzo Ball <laughs> and you have the ceilings of any player in the world, but you just... And then you hit us with this after Chavi had given you the confidence of like, hey, guys, let's renew his contract for one more time, even though everybody else was against, Alemani was against it, and Xavi was like, I need him. He is my guy. He is my project. We are going to need him. And as soon as PSG come calling, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to head out. The betrayal. I would compare you to Neymar when he left us after that season, but... You don't even feel the Dembele situation. I kind of want to run you guys down through some points and break it um, down for us. Maybe Brian can kind of feedback off some of those, the storyline with what occurred with Dembele. If you guys are probably not familiar mm -hmm. with what happened, yeah, you've been living under a rock and you don't know that Dembele is going to PSG. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, let's let's break it down for y'all. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's it's a it's a little bit of a lot of moving parts. And things that were supposed to happen, they didn't happen, are going to happen. And so I think Jerry has a lot of information on that. Yeah, so there was a well-known insider from France, to give him his personal credit, Santi Awona, broke the news on July 6th that Usman Dembele is Doha's priority in the event of Kylian Mbappe's departure. A player who was very much appreciated by Luis Enrique, the new PSG head coach, and the Barca striker had a release clause of 50 million euros. The Paris or Paris was ready to lift. Keep in mind that no one till that moment had any suspicion of Dembele leaving FC Barcelona. Mm -hmm. As the player, as Brian mentioned, reassured Xavi, the coach of Barcelona, and publicly came out to say that he would want to win a Champions League final yes. with Barcelona. That statement was. Not that long ago, it was literally May, two months ago. He said, everybody's talking about money nowadays. I don't know why they keep on mentioning it to me. I live my dream playing for Barcelona, and I wake up every day happy that I'm living my dream. My biggest dream is to win a Champions League with Barcelona. Continue. And he said that he would not activate his 50 million release clause. Yep. Which is 50 million because? Of the... La Liga option for a player to activate his release clause. Yeah, yeah, which was only valid in between fifth, uh, between June and July. So yeah, so it's a very small time frame that yeah a player and a team of interest have to even activate the clause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To begin with. Mm -hmm. Now, PSG only had up until the end of the expiration date of July thirty first to deposit the 50 million release clause to La Liga. 
mm-hmm. and obtain the approval of the player to sign. Oh, and by the way, had they activated it in between before July thirty uh, first, it was in the clause that it'd be fifty percent going to Dembele and his agent, and fifty percent was going to go to Barcelona. So essentially, in layman's terms, PSG were going to buy. Dembele from Barcelona for 25 million euros and 25 million was going to be paid to Dembele. So, yeah. That's right. The player gave the green light to PSG, but time, unfortunately, was not in PSG's favor. Nope. Now, August 1st arrived and PSG was not able to officially deposit the payment Yeah, as Barca was across the map. Here in the U.S., negotiations became difficult, and now the release clause jumped to the 100 million price tag, which was original. Like that's his that's his actual release clause. And for people who don't know what a release clause is, it's it's pretty much like when you're under contract with a team, you, so they you, <clears throat> and then you have to play obviously through your, your contract out. But when they renew your contract, teams say if any team wants to buy you, they first have to pay this amount for you for them to trigger an option for you to want to go with them. So if Jerry is signed to me, but he, you know, Charlotte FC wants to sign him, but he's in contract with me until next year, I say, well, you can talk, try to talk to him, but the only way you can talk to him is if you pay this $50 million fee that you have to pay for him. It's not like a transfer fee. It's more just like, for you to break contract, pretty much. Exactly. Break free out of the contract. Yeah. Everyone in the Barca community got very excited and said that PSG has now have to pay the $100 million release clause. Yep. But no, there was another Plot private clause yeah. in Dembele's contract that allowed the player to send an official letter to the club, Barcelona, as well as have PSG send an official letter that guarantee the agreement to sign the player and pay the $50 million release clause to extend the deadline to submit the payment. Yep. Long story short, PSG has an agreement with Dembélé to become a new PSG player. Barcelona would only get around $25 to $27 million for the transfer of Dembélé. As per the contract signed by the club and the player's agent, a portion of the release clause will be paid to Dembélé's agent and the player. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I mean, insert that meme that I saw earlier of um PSG and Barcelona like like two dummies fighting each other because of the release clause that they made. Well, I'm sorry, the contract that they made up for Mbappe in this last renewal where they're paying him around 70 to 80 million euros. First of all, it's a loyalty bonus that he's getting and he wants to leave and he is going to leave he's going to leave in 2024 no matter where he's going to leave 2024 if he doesn't leave this summer yeah and then psg's paying him a loyalty bonus fee of 80 million dollars it was like 40 yesterday 40 today i think it's it's something like that the the figures go from like 30 the other half oh i thought he was due july and then oh maybe it's july 31st and august 31st oh okay Mm -hmm. so um and then also uh Barcelona saying, well, let's renew Dembele, but for these two months, 
that he can go for 50 million and half of it will go to him. And then there's, and then we're like, okay, whew, we didn't, we didn't lose him for 25 million or 50 million, whatever you want to call it. And cause it's now August. So we were clear. We're back right. to at least a hundred million straight to Barcelona's bag, which was going to be amazing. But now there's a private clause Something we've never heard about. So then nobody, nobody was mentioning it. Yeah. Like everybody was talking about how um, PSG and Dembele agreed to terms, but now the time is the time is ticking. So you have to, everybody has to hurry up and make it happen. It didn't happen, and now it's like, but wait, there's a private clause, mm-hmm. and because we did personal terms with Dembele, we don't technically have to pay. I was reading an article, and it says they don't technically have to pay the 100 million dollar clause right so it's but it's pretty much like they don't have a clause now it's negotiations between the players between the players and right. uh and the player and the teams and the teams the clubs yeah the clubs. yeah so pretty much it's just barcelona gonna try to suck as much as they can from the like from paris and i hope that it's at least 50 mil at least but oh no it's confirmed already brian I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Fabricio was was saying that it's it's, it's going to be talked about. He's going to he's going to become a, a PSG player um, this by the end of this week. But he hasn't came out with any figures yet. They said it's going to be five year contract. Well, but there's for, there's no fee for the player. It is a five year contract, twenty million a season, right? Dembele. So just think about this for a second, for you Barcelona fans, right? Not only is PSG paying the 50 million release clause, right? They're not paying more than 50 million. Dembele and his agent will receive approximately 25 million to 23 million from the actual sale of the player, right? The money that PSG is putting to pay to release Dembele. But are you sh- no, but yeah. are you sure? Because I, I was yes. reading that because it's a private clause, it means that they don't have to pay the 100 million clause. But that doesn't the 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 fifty percent is is not is not eligible anymore. No, so it's not eligible, which guarantees Barca to receive more than the twenty five million. Yeah, but it's going to be relatively close. Mm-hmm. And according to some journalists that I read from Barcelona, that fee that they're talking about that they're getting more for him is only in about the two to three million euros more. It's nothing where Barcelona is coming out and getting forty eight percent or forty. Euros, 40 million euros from it, and Dembele is only walking out with 10. Barcelona is only or really only negotiated to to say because of this clause, two to three million more because it's no longer the 50 50. That was only a clause set by in place by La Liga. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the margin of, of, of gain is not much. Right? So, yeah. So the private clause is worth 50 million. It's the same amount, but the deal isn't 50 50 anymore and it has to be signed and sealed by the end of the week right and there's a apparently a contract that we've read or i'm sorry an article that came out that said that barcelona also has within that same clause a, a basically a a private clause as well within that private clause that if they don't agree to the deal then dembele could terminate his contract and walk away for free my question with this is how in the right mind does a club set up a contract to where the player has control 
over a contract that he also had agreement with and, and, and signed. Right, yeah. you will think that the club has the final say. I understand what you know when we're talking about release clauses, right? You pay them, and there's a possibility to negotiate with the player, similar to that of Neymar. Yeah, but Neymar never walked away with a portion of that money. That was all left to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but this is something I've never heard about before. Yeah, you know, I'm trying my best to just look at the glass half full and. We're whatever, dude. If we lose him for 26 million, I don't care. It is what it is. You know, kudos, cut ties, cut your losses, let him go. He's obviously not wanting to be a Barcelona player anymore. So we don't want him anymore. We don't want you anymore. I don't agree with all the crazy stuff. I saw that Dembele was getting a lot of hate in his comments and like it was getting like borderline racist, but. I mean, I don't support that. That's messed up. But um, just on strictly just player bases and loyalty stuff is whack. Dembele, you're kind of lame. And I think you you, you think you're better than, than you are and you're not. And, you know, I guess we'll see you in the injury list next Champions League um, quarterfinals. Um, and, so. and something to keep in mind, guys, is as well that Dembele is leaving – Barcelona at the age of 26. Yeah. Right. Which in today's modern terms of football age, you can consider to a certain degree to be a prime age for you and your talent. Yeah. We've seen a decrease in injuries uh, to Dembele. And mm-hmm. it's true, actually. They've been, uh, they've done a report that says that Dembele actually gets injured every year that goes less injured every year that goes by compared to when he started. Yeah. So, I haven't really looked into it that much, but that's what I was reading. Right, but okay, you're, you're. I I know that sounds silly, but it sounds insane. But what I'm saying is that, like, insert the clip of me saying, "Are you flexing a tweet on me? Are you flexing the <laughs> fact that your injuries get less and less, and you're 26? If you have a stat that you're getting less and less injured every year, and we have to like, you get a medal for that? No, get no, out of my team. But if the player mm-hmm. is leaving at a potential age where we could see a breakout season of Dembélé. Yeah. For only 25 to 27 million euro, right? This is a player that Barcelona signed for 140 million. All right? And it's walking away with leaving only to the club 25 million at mm-hmm. the age of 26 and he takes half of that as well. Mhm. And he's going to earn in the first year with PSG. Mhm. The same amount that pretty much Barca will get for his transfer clause. I mean, you you must feel some type of anger as a Barca fan because I knew I would feel that way if but I was I mean, a Real Madrid for, fan. For what? You're just wasting energy because it's like I I feel like he doesn't even deserve my anger. Like it's it's uh. But I think it's something important to talk about because no I- no it is and it's messed up. It's I mean this is just a long like, this is these are issues that are before La Corta. These are issues. <laughs> Dembele was signed. But he just resigned last year. I understand, but same again. It was like a lesson learned for Xavi, a young coach who had a liking for this player and and really pushed. People in the board of Barcelona didn't want to do it, but Xavi pushed. And what did the the board of Barcelona want to do? Please the new coach that is supposed to be the next our next guy. So right. they want to put all their faith on him. And Xavi, he said it. He feels like betrayed, disappointed, right. whatever. And I think he's just learning to 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 now put reason before 
feelings? his feelings, I guess, where Dembele told him, I want to stay like, you know, it got a little bit toxic in his last renewal renewal because he, he just, they just were pushing for more money and the agent was pushing for more money. And they just didn't have the agent didn't have a good relationship with Barcelona's board. Um, and we were going through a financial crisis since then. So it's not like we could offer him a lot, but we did. And we gave him a, a lot of money. Right. So he has he was getting he's getting 16 mil a year. Excuse me. And then that's why Chavi was like, well, look, we're going to we're going to get through these this renewal. By the time we have to renew again, we'll, we'll hopefully be in a better situation and we're going to give you more money and we're going to give you more years and you're going to be guaranteed more time. So that's why they do this stupid clauses because they put so much trust in the player that he's going to that extend. he's going to extend because right. he's like he's not even going to he's not even going to tap into that. Nobody. Right. There was no saying about any of that. Yeah. And then it was just a perfect storm of like, oh, Mbappe's doing this. And PSG was like, wait, but the Mele, oh, we can get him. Oh, of course. It was just a perfect storm. And again, I'm upset, but this is again a, a, a signing from Bortemu of freaking Bortemel of a, a, like a, a ridiculous figure for a player that because he doesn't know how to negotiate, mm-hmm. you know, and he was like a political figure or whatever. I do have a couple of questions for you that I think many of you Barcelona fans might ask yourself, right? And probably want to hear you know, the thought process of someone who can relate to your club. And and that is the following. Although it's better, right, for Barca to sell a player for some amount of money, instead of seeing him leave for free, which would have been next year. Yeah. What impact does this actually leave financially Barcelona with? Mm-hmm. When losing a top attacking player and the option to sign a replacement for him. You know, what, what financial burden does this actually, you know, do to Barcelona being that, you know, they were hoping to count with him, right? So they uh-huh. had him on his books. Oh, what financial he, burden? Yeah, and but now he leaves, right, but only leaves so little behind to where it doesn't really give you the opportunity to sign a player of his type of caliber. Uh, it's, 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 I mean, it, get, it can get dorky because, yeah, he only would activate, like, I think if we sell him for, you know, let's say like even if we sell him for like twenty-seven or thirty million, he only really activates like seventeen million in financial fair play. But that's on that's on your positive, but you can get negative on financial fair play on a mm-hmm. certain amount, right? Without you getting like fined, mm-hmm. like it, like La Liga has a certain like gap. Um, gap, yeah. EPL has an insane gap, but we have a certain gap. And the biggest thing is just the salary cap that he empties out. Our our salary is what kills us every year because we're not the Barcelona's not making. I'm saying we. I'm sorry. Barcelona's not making a lot of money every year because of past performances, but they're paying a lot of players a lot of money. So the positive is not so much a burden. The positive is that 16 million salary wise is free, and it doesn't just help maybe a, a, a possible signing, but also just renewal contracts with right, players yeah. that deserve it right, to give them a little yeah. bit more. You know what I mean? Um, or even register them because I know Barcelona still needs to register some new new contracts and new signings as well. Exactly. So, so you're looking at it more from like the positive scope of things. I, I have to, man, because we've Barcelona has had a, a they've been we've they've been down bad for the last couple of uh, of years financially. And I think a lot of times is because 
which is such a contrast to uh, Fiorentino that he's just so business. And that's why Real Madrid has success financially in the way that they have because he's a businessman and he's like fine at, like business first. We're in the in the dirt. And he didn't think about that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a good point. Now, another question. Yeah. What does Barca lose in attack? And should they desperately sign a new player or play with this squad they have now? I think that there's a lot of angles to go with it. I don't want to go too deep into it, but mm -hmm. uh, it kind of sucks because Abde now too is possibly on possibly. his way out. Uh, I really like Abde. I would have loved Abde to, like Abde Rafinha to just try to figure something out with them and make Rafinha better because Abde is so hungry and good. He could have pushed them to be better if Xavi made a fair and like gave Abde minutes, you know, and swapped it out. I think the angle I would like to go because I think we can figure out a cheaper right back than an expensive right wing. I would like to have a good attacking right back that's also defensive. That just had a good defensive right back that is good in overlapping and has good crosses and passes mm -hmm. and touch. That will complement Rafinha greatly because Rafinha loves the right wing, but because he can cut into the left, mm -hmm. which leaves an open gap on the right back. Unfortunately, right now, our right back options are Sergino Dest. And Sergio Roberto, which I'm not mad at Sergio Roberto. He's great. Right, but there's you still, I mean, obviously th this gives the opportunity. And I think you're, you're kind of going, you're answering my question in a way mm -hmm. because, you know, you're um, you're more like, well, you know what? It may be time to a certain degree in a good way yeah. to to give that freedom to to Rafinha and say, okay, yeah. you wanted your right win spot. Take it. You have it now. Mm -hmm. Prove to us what you can do. And I think for the most part, not, no one can doubt the loyalty that Rafinha has has given to Barcelona his commitment to want to perform better. Mm -hmm. So I think it will be really exciting to see what he can do. If yeah. I can give my personal opinion yeah. as, a, as a person from the outside, right, looking at it, mm -hmm. I would hate for Barca to get themselves in a similar pickle yeah. with signing a player like Dembele. Like, for example, I know Jao Felix has been ringing in Barcelona's uh, you know, recruitment process, and I would think it would be the same move and shooting yourself in the same foot again. Why? Because... If Joao Felix hasn't succeeded at Atletico de Madrid, at Chelsea, right? What makes you think he's going to succeed better at, at Barcelona, right? which is a very a more demanding club than either one of those two clubs, mm -hmm. right? And I do see the point of addressing the positions that also need attention, like for example, the right back position, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it potentially even maybe bringing in Victor Roque this yeah. summer instead of right, waiting yeah. for next season, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you could still keep that 4-4-2 and play, you know, Lewandowski and and, and 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 what's it called, Victor Roque up front or yeah. have him learn sooner than the next year under Lewandowski's wing for the next, for the, no, the few years that Lewandowski has in his contract. Mm -hmm. So, I, like I said, Barcelona, in my opinion, would make a mistake by sending another expensive yes. transfer yes. than rather than addressing their concerns or signing players that potentially have a good future, a bright future ahead, instead of going so old, so expensive. Couldn't agree more with you. I think I think we main thing is Barcelona can't panic. They can't go alert, alert, we're losing Dembele. Because again, Dembele, Dembele really didn't give us that much productivity. I'm sure Barcelona fans, one of the 
not fondest memories, but one of the most uh, triggering memories of Dembele is that 2018 Liverpool uh, last minute, he missed probably the most famous sitter in Champions League semifinal history with that Liverpool miss. Is that your that, memory of Dembele? That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what it is now. It used to be like, I give him highlights and I'm like, man, but he's really good. He's just got to like, Get a little bit healthier, man. He's unlucky with the injuries. Now I'm like, no, Dembele's the guy that caused this 2018 Champions League final appearance, at least. But no, yeah, don't panic, Barcelona. Please don't panic. Like Jerry said, I agree. Take this time to be like, let's work with what we have and really, really go into the position that we really need, which is a right back. If not that, go into making a freaking strategy to get Roque this summer. But again, in order, in order, the only way for that to happen is Dembele has to go. Like he has to leave. Like this next five days has to. He has to go. You want to see him out? I want to see him out. I don't want to. I don't even. <laughs> his face was in my <laughs> iPad right now. I don't want to see it anymore. So. Oh man! And one last final question, Brian. And I think this goes right as a learning lesson for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, moving forward. Like you said, it's going to be a learning lesson for the coach, Xavi, right? Not to yeah. necessarily put so much trust in an unstable player like Dembele. Uh-huh. But also, like, in terms of contract, does it upset you that Barca had that release clause in place? You know, where the club oh. potentially obviously loses money from a transfer like that? Yeah. I, I hate, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I feel like it was a silly clause to have. But it's, again... A lesson learned. Turn your L's into lesson. A wise man once said. I think his name was uh, Sean Big. Did you get that? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> because you didn't get that, I have to explain it. It's okay. it, it's a big Sean, like Sean comma big. You know you know who Big Sean is, right? Yeah, the the rapper. Right? The rapper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, "Turn your L's into lessons." I Maybe you missed that song. It's all right. That's my <sighs> shot in the mist. You said what? The mole is going to come from Yeah, me. dude. Oh, gosh. But also, that was just, it just made me feel cringe. Just me saying it. You didn't even understand. You're like, oh, you probably thought it's like shot me. <laughs> I was like, hey, good point, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude. Okay. Back to the uh, to the point. So I think, um, yeah, the Mbele clause, silly. I mean, business wise, probably like laughable. But again, it's just Chavi just really trusting that, like, we'll throw this in there. And we're okay with doing this because of how much that we know that your loyalty is gonna is to us, right? Mm-hmm. That you're not even gonna entertain having that clause triggered or entertain leaving somewhere else or an offer from somewhere else because we talked about it, Chavi, the Bella speaking, like just we know this is just a formality and we trust you this much. So we're gonna throw this in to make your you and your agent happy and feel like you guys are appreciated. You guys mean something to us, so you guys are going to trigger it. And then next season, 2024, we're going to be in a better financial state, and we are going to renegotiate and give you a contract that lets you know that we, you are important to us. You are an important part of the plan. Right, and I, and I think that you, know, you have a, a really valid point from the perspective of what probably Barca thought at that time. And I think this is a lesson learned for Barcelona moving forward. I think this will be a lesson for a lot of clubs, especially with how the market is yeah. and how much some teams are willing to pay for a player, right? What teams are willing to do to activate these types of clause. And the interesting thing is that 
it's very rare to see a team come in and activate these claws. Yeah. But when you have a shark like PSG, I know. who doesn't, whose money is not a problem to them, you know, it, it would have been, of course, a learning lesson with Neymar. Yeah. But of course, you know, Barcelona had to learn it the second time around. Yeah. And well, with Neymar, they kind of got their return for it. But oh, with Dembélé, of yeah. course, you know, it's a situation where you had the trust of a player. Unfortunately, because of circumstances, it didn't play out the best way for the club yeah. and the better of the club. But I think that, you know, hopefully Barcelona learns from this again, right? And and doesn't necessarily put all their eggs Shit, in one yeah. basket. You know, they kind of they see things from the optical Well, it's just like the 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 transfer market or the saw even just the football world um is big it's turning into like you know like a doggy dog world where it's like PSG is in a sticky situation with Mbappe and potentially being having to leave him go for if not free probably not what they want and deserve from him and they're like well we might get screwed to, to not say it in any other words Let's see how we can sort of win from this. And they saw just a vulnerable Barcelona and a vulnerable contract of Dembele. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, we're gonna, we might get screwed from the uh, from Mbappe, but let's see if we can offset that that bad situation that we have." And you know, again, it's like, and I think now more days than ever, like loyalty is so to a team is kind of like, yeah. But you know what I, you know what I also think, and I think that a lot of Barca fans are. They feel the same way, and I think the club probably feels the same way, is that they expected a lot of names to be sold on the market, right? Okay. But unfortunately, that hasn't happened. Those players that Barcelona wanted to sell haven't been sold. Well, and Yeah, but like a, a important thing to say about that is that they don't want to leave. Right. They don't want, they don't to, want to even uh, entertain conversations with any team of anything. Right, and, and that's unfortunately a problem, right? Because then you're like, okay, well, what what's my other alternative, right? Mm -hmm. What player can I sell that can I, I, oh, can I potentially bring mm -hmm. money? Yeah, right. Obviously, Rafinha was one of those conversations, but mm -hmm. Rafinha would not be sold anymore mm -hmm. because then you don't have an actual right winger. So, being that Dembélé possibly became an option, right? Because by the way, I don't believe we talked about this, but there was an actual rumor that was brought out to light yesterday with the whole Dembele situation that when Barcelona reached out to PSG for the potential acquisition of Mbappe, which was a long reach, there was a talk that said that Barcelona had offered Dembele, Rafinha, and Gavre. Objection. I don't know what the lawyers say in court, but I don't think there's enough proof in that statement to bring it into this discussion well let's let's say that it let's say that it was true right? okay say, we're talking about in an imaginary world yeah okay. in an imaginary world let's say that those you know those rumors are true okay that were released and they actually, actually offered those players for mbappe okay right right you know barcelona had actual chips on its table to play with right they uh -huh. offer something of value that they could potentially receive in return which would be the best player in the world now by doing so, right, it, it reflected its vulnerability mm -hmm. to the Dembele situation. And I think, and I, we talked about this privately without, you know, not on this podcast, and I, and I mentioned to you, 
it all kind of makes sense. It's all kind of clicking, right? Uh -huh. Maybe this was the big sale that Barcelona was talking about. And I said to you, I said, but what I find is so weird, right, is that if Dembélé is actually that, that sale that Barcelona will do, Mm -hmm. You expect a high return to come from it, right? And and we're talking. I we I don't think anyone in the right mind thought that ben, the Dembele would be sold for a hundred million, but anywhere I would think around sixty to seventy million would be a fair price market, especially for how much players are being sold for nowadays. And that the the, 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 yeah, the started, you know, the danger and the attacking force that Dembele has yeah. to offer, right? Yeah. Don't you feel like Barcelona? feel ripped off that their one chip that they could possibly had bargained with, right? Let's say that they actually wanted to sell Dembele. Yeah. That it's still going out for so cheap. Like, that's obviously where the betrayal comes in, right? Feeling like you got played by Dembele and, and, yeah. and well, yeah. knowing your situation and not willing to work around with that, you know? Well, of course, I feel like, but then it, it goes, I think um, Stankovic was talking about it, about how, Oh uh, man, I wish maybe if I find the clip, I'll I'll put it out in the our Twitter account. But um, you know, he's our one of our legendary right wingers, and uh, he was mentioning how he studied Barcelona DNA, what Barcelona was about, what being a Barcelona player is, what representing the colors of Barcelona is, his position, what it takes to be good at that position. Mm -hmm. He studied the greats before him, so forth and so on. And he said that Dembele obviously never took that seriously. And he's like, I can say it because I was in your shoes and I was brought into Barcelona to be him and be that guy. And I was that guy because I understood that, how to be that guy. And he says Dembele never understood that. He never took it seriously. I mean, we can go. It, it sucks to like start trying to badmouth him now that he's on his way out, right? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or this thing started coming up. But yeah, you'd remember like he was getting fined early on with Xavi because he, he was late to training. He was late to training. Yeah. He wouldn't show up. Um, I heard he even had like a bad eating habit. Like bad yeah, eating so habits. right. I think you know that's like circumstantial because like I think the whole thing with Xavi when he came in, he wanted to be strict and kind of keep it because as if you guys don't know, Xavi is a La Masia player. He was like born and raised in Catalonia, Barcelona, and he went through the academy since a young kid. So he was brought up in the youth academy. And in the youth academy, you're like a family, right? You're like, you go to school, you 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 train together, you live together, you eat at the facility. And that was one of the things that he brought on when he came from um, Saudi Arabia. And he was like, players must follow a diet of, that's why you need to eat at the facilities, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the curfew 48 hours before any game, you know, so forth and so on. And then Bele was just like, bro, I'm like a young superstar. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? You know? And then it was like, you will get fined if you show up late and then you will get punished with extra, extra workouts. And then Bele was like, I guess he caught his bluff. Mm -hmm. And Chavi's like, I'm not bluffing. Mm -hmm. So again, that just kind of backs off. I mean, backs up the statements that Sankovic did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Gosh, I hope I'm not butchering his name. I think it's Stankovic. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I'm look it up in a little bit. But um, but yeah. So with that being said, I think Dembele. We saw with Alex Collado that he like forgave a little bit of a salary, 
and like in his the remaining of his contract and then went on to another team because he knows the situation that Barcelona's in. He kind of showed that like I do love Barcelona, even though it's not working out here and I know I have to move on. I do love Barcelona. I know you guys were going through it. I'm not gonna make it worse. And I think as a Barcelona fan, and as many Barcelona fans would say, is like, okay, you feel like for whatever reason you're gonna you you should go, you're in a better situation at PSG, then just wait off talking to anybody until we can get that hundred million dollar clause. Right. Because your market value is 60 mil, but you're under contract. So if people really want you, let them um let them trigger that clause, which would be 100 mil. But just wait to talk to anybody to August. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He, for some reason, felt rushed. Maybe PSG played a little part. Like, come on, bro. Like, just, I don't know. I'm not or, saying it's entirely as well. I think, like, maybe, you know, kind of give back yeah. to Barca for the patience they've had with him. Mm-hmm. You know, say more something like, hey, you know, I understand we, we can't sell you for 100 million. I understand that maybe you're. Your goal now in life is to move to somewhere else, try a new project, which is understandable. It happens all the time in football, right? But work around something that could benefit the club in a positive way, whether that is, you know what, uh, Dembele, if you could meet us instead at a, instead of it being 50-50, maybe we can do something where it's like 70-30. Right. Right. You still walk away with something from this release clause. But you help us out by thanking us for for everything that we've done for you, for bringing you here, uh, and all that comes with it. it. You know, it would help us under our certain circumstances that we're under, which would allow us to potentially, you know, help us rebuild mm-hmm. a team after you know you leaving that 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 spot, right? That we would prefer you to stay right at. But if you don't, then help us build something around you afterwards that we could use for our future for the project if you have any care for the club still that you would be willing to give up but it just seems so greedy mm-hmm. it just seems something where like you know the circumstances that Barca's under yet you still activate a private clause that know that you deep down know mm-hmm. that you only have in your in your contract right maybe Barca's aware of it but you know that if you activate it right it will benefit you why because PSG doesn't end up paying more than what the release clause is in place for. But at the same time, not only do you walk away with half the money, but on top of that, you are still going to receive a very lucrative contract even going forward. So you still don't really lose. Mm -hmm. But I think that, of course, so many players are so greedy Mm -hmm. that football, unfortunately, and, and, and we're seeing it now with these crazy offers from Saudi Arabia, that sometimes... You'd be surprised. Your favorite players might be not necessarily in your favorite team for for the pure part, but rather yeah. for, for the financial offers that you know that they're bringing available. And I get it; that's their job. That you know, that's what they do. But sometimes I think that. No but it's not what, like it's not like you're. I'm sorry, not to interrupt. But yeah, go ahead. First of all, before I even get to that, it's Stoichkov. Stoichkov. Mm-hmm. I said Stankovic. I'm thinking of uh, the player for Inter Milan. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's Istro Stoichkov, mm-hmm. uh, legendary Bulgarian uh, uh, Barcelona winger. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. That's <clears throat> that's embarrassing to say the least. But yes, I know I I I get what you're saying, but it's not like 
professional soccer players are known to be broke or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not, I get it. Not everybody's getting these Saudi Arabian contracts, but they're not like, they shouldn't be hurting for money. If they're like somewhat smart economically, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be struggling. Right. So the whole like, and then like, you know, for true football fans, like the whole dream of being a football fan is to dream to play for your club, whether that's a small, medium or, uh, or, or big club, like, you just dream to play for them. And the whole money part kind of comes as an aftermath because if they pay you $80,000 a year, are you going to play for Real Madrid? If they offered you 80000 a year? Hell yeah. You're playing for Real Madrid. No brainer because you're like, I, I can, that's a decent salary and that's my dream. You know what I mean? But now it's going like where maybe dream came first, passion for the sport. And then, like, obviously, decent money comes with it. Now it's like, where can I get the most money? I don't really care where I play. I don't really yeah. care who I play for. I just want to play. Um, not to say that PSG is that bad of a team to play for. Obviously, they have amazing players. But I just, honestly, I hate that we gave them better so much time. I'm sorry for you guys. Um, and, I, and I think <laughs> that, like I said, you know, to to finalize this topic with Dembele, I think, I think he unfortunately was – a he was a he was a decent player i think he was a little more selfish than than probably barcelona fans thought he would be yeah well at the end of it all yeah at the end of it all yeah but um just to to really put a true bow in it mm -hmm. he will leave barcelona with 185 appearances that doesn't mean he started a lot of them i think he only started like I think it's not that much. It's definitely not triple digits, mm -hmm. but 185 appearances, 40 goals. 40 goals? Oh, my Lord. 40 goals? Wow. Yeah, I think I think Neymar had less appearances and more than I double. I think Neymar in one season had 39 goals for Barcelona. So that's what I'm saying. You won't be really missed. bad. I honestly, I, ha I haven't even looked at the stats, but... I, I do know I stat that Neymar scored 39 goals in one season for Barcelona, and hopefully I'm not wrong on that. No, you can't be because it was. I remember it was it was tight uh, one season. I mean, Suarez had 50 in one season, 53, well, I think. Well, anyways, guys, <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not keep going with we that. We have a match to catch up now between yes. Barcelona and AC Milan, and with this segment, we conclude this episode. I hope each and every one of you guys enjoy the work that we do to keep you guys informed and up to date on all things relating to both of our clubs, Barcelona and Real Madrid. Please remember to share this podcast and let us know your not your thoughts. Yes, Until that's the only time, way we grow well by you guys sharing it because you know we're not like crazy promoting or anything like that. So yeah. um, please promote it. Try these white claws that we tried today. <laughs> the surf, not sponsored, but it was fun. Yeah, let us know your thoughts, guys. Until next time. Yeah. See ya. Peace.